the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Well, let's hope Pastor Rick will be able to fix his technical difficulties he's having at the moment. But in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Tigers defeated the Milwaukee Brewers 10-7 this past Tuesday. Eric Haas and Jonathan Scope each belted a pair of homers to pace the Tigers' offensive attack. Haas went yard solo style in the second inning, and he crushed another solo four-bagger one inning later. Scope smashed a two-run tater in the second inning, and he belted a solo bomb in the sixth inning. Miguel Cabrera, Willie Castro, and Nomar Mazara produced Detroit's other five runs. Cabrera crushed a double two-plate a trio of runs in the second inning, while Castro sent home Eric Haas with a sacrifice fly, and Mazzara doubled to score Akil Badu in the ninth inning. Tigers reliever Derek Holland recorded the, the win after pitching two scoreless innings. Now, here's your temporary host and maybe permanent for today's edition of Moment of Clarity, Ed Bondarenka. Oh, no, it's fallen to me. Hi, folks. Welcome to Moment of Clarity. Pastor Rick is having a few temporal uh, technical difficulties, temporal also, uh, timely difficulties. So uh, I'd just like to welcome you to the show and uh, kind of wish I'd kept Dave Coleman on for a second hour, given I don't have much in preparation here. So um, the phone lines are open, 734-822-1600. And um, I'm not even sure what the topic is for today. If uh, Pastor Rick would use sign language, since I can see him. <laughs> he's can you hear me now? I can hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Very good. I don't know what I did. It just all of a sudden, the mic started working. So, better uh, now. Yeah, better now. So, I've got to just uh, make one other small little change because, uh, um, well, you don't need to get the echo of me uh Hold on. So we're supposed to have a caller calling in today um, from uh, from Sela House. I was out there this morning. They had uh, a church. The local church was out there helping Sela House, and uh, they were painting and cleaning it up. And let me tell you a little bit about Sela House. Um, I'm a big fan of groups such as uh, Family Life Services. Um, because they help out young ladies that uh, have decided to keep their children rather than aborting them. Uh, but after they get their diapers and their training and everything else, uh, often at places like Family Life Services, um, they then go go out from there and sometimes they don't have a place to live. They live in their car or don't even have a car to live in. Sela uh, House provides them that. It's a house for women who are pregnant and are going to have children, and, and it helps them get settled. And then after they have the children, they, they help assist them in finding a place to live. And uh, 
So I was out there this morning. I was taking some pictures and stuff for Sale of House. It's, it's a fantastic organization. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, well, Kara is on the phone. So let's go to Kara and she can uh, she can tell us a little bit more about Sale of House. How are you doing, Kara? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Good. Wonderful. Hey, you lucked out. I almost wasn't going to be on the air. I was panicking on whether to call you or not and say call in next week because I, my uh, my sound system just went crazy on me this morning. But I'm, yeah. uh, I think it, I think the Lord wanted us to have this conversation today. Uh, I'll tell you to the listeners, uh, the guests I have on now, uh, Kara who, of Sailor House, she is one of my favorite people in the whole world. <laughs> and uh, she is just a warrior for a great cause, cause, um, and that is for the health of the mother and child. So, Kara, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sela House? Yeah, well, you wrapped it up in a nutshell pretty much, um, but I have past experience in working at a pregnancy center um, and love the mission, um, but God was just really calling me and stressing on my heart to uh, open up a maternity home. It was really hard for me to um, give the women some classes, pack them up with what they needed immediately, like diapers and wipes and formula, and then send them back to the same environment that they were coming to us from. So what was really laid on my heart was to be able to educate them further, get them in a safe, nurturing, stable environment, um, remove them from that outside noise that was um, a worldly distraction and be able to prep them to becoming self-sufficient, but not only becoming self-sufficient, but becoming dependent on God. So that is what we love to do at our Hope House, um, our maternity home. The women are able to stay for a year, and our program is sectioned off into four transformational stages. Um, where the women can um, graduate from each stage. And they're just able to um, grow personally and professionally while still um, learning how to care for their child in a household um, and learning healthy boundaries once they step out of our maternity home. So, yeah, we we love what we do, and we're growing fast, and, um, you know, there's always a need. So we um, try to fulfill the ones that we can and the ones that God called us to. Now, I'm going to have you give out a way that people can contact you or to donate because uh, helping out these young ladies and their children um, doesn't come by free. It takes money to do that, correct? Correct, yes. So we're running a household of multiple girls. Some are coming with children. Um, so, it, yes, it costs a lot of money to run a household. <laughs> so, so folks, <laughs> if, you, if you can please help out Sailor House, uh, we will get uh, Sailor House's contact information out to you here. I'm, I'm giving you a chance to get your pencil and papers, people, so you can write down this yeah. information. And, and contact Kara. Now, I was out there this morning, Kara, and um, there was one of your local churches there. Uh, just had just a, a crew of people helping clean up the house, painting and, and yard work and planting flowers and everything else. It was just, it was a wonderful hodgepodge of volunteers out there just trying to beautify a little bit more of this already gorgeous home. So tell us a little bit about the what you had going on this morning. 
Yeah, so our local 242 community church um, had a team together, and they came and did our landscaping, um, painting our porches, and uh, just making it more inviting and more welcoming for our girls. Um, so we greatly appreciate all of their help and for my housing director, Karen Daniel, for organizing all of that. It was it was wonderful to be in the presence of uh, so many wonderful volunteers and willing hearts. You know, and, and that brings to mind, for those pastors of churches out there that are looking for a way to just give back to the community, uh, feel free to contact Kara or Karen, who is your director, right? Karen Daniels? Yes. And uh, let them know what you can do for them. So what is the, let, let's start with the easy part. What's the phone number if they wanted to donate or, or make a donation? Or would it be easier by, by internet? I'm going to give it to you, um, all, all of those. So the phone number okay. is 734-244-5123. And our website address is salas.org, S-E-L-A-H-S. Dot org, And right now we're actually running a um, 50-50 campaign. So we are looking for 50 individuals or churches to um, be dedicated to give us $50 a month um, or a one-time donation of $600 via our website. And all of all those right. funds will be going towards the housing costs and the educational programming that we do with the girls inside the home. And did I understand that you recently just had a young baby born there in Sela House over the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Yes, yes. We welcomed another baby boy. Um, we're hoping some of our new residents are pregnant with a little girl because we've only had one little girl. But we've had um, six babies born um, so far, and it's just been a whirlwind this past year, so. You know, I hear a lot of people uh, on what I'll say, the left side of the spectrum, argue that as we fight against abortion, they say, well, you, you speak out against abortion, but you don't do anything to help the mother. You don't do anything to help the children. You don't step forward. And you know what? Yeah. Sailor House does exactly that. It takes a step forward and it helps out the children and the mothers and helps the mothers get on their feet. So uh, for the Christians out there that have been fighting against abortion and want to figure out a way to help, I can't think of a better way because you do everything like the other wonderful institutions do, uh, uh, pregnancy centers. You help with the diapers, you help with the with the wipes and the formula and everything else, but you also provide them a place to go if they need it. Yes. Yeah, the housing is a huge portion of this ministry, and um, it, it, it takes a lot because you're living with these women and you're mentoring them, um, and it, it's just a wonderful experience, even with uh, some of the heartaches that we have to help them through, and uh, it definitely helps their success moving forward. Uh, one of our recent graduates, we do a matrix system when they enter into our program to see um, where they are at and what their needs are, and then we score them from 1 to 70. Um, and this young woman came to us at 18 years old, scoring um, at a 39, and she walked away from our program, graduating, 
and she had a 69%. So it was just amazing to see that progress of her getting her GED, her getting a full-time job, buying her car and paying it off before she leaves our house. And then she has enough money for her down payment plus six months rent on her rental. So while all that, she has her child. And it, it's just a wonderful experience to walk through them and pull them away from that generational poverty um, and, and letting her leave her past abuse and her aside and behind her and just seeing her grow. It's just an amazing experience. Now, I know you're doing this big uh, 50... Uh $50 for a month or $600. Uh, but if someone can't afford a lot of money right now, you can always use other sorts of donations, correct? Yeah. Um, we're always in need of cleaning supplies and diapers and wipes. So if, if that's something that you can pick up at the grocery store while you're shopping and, and bring it, that would be wonderful as well. Great. Now, Ed, you've been listening there patiently and I know, uh, uh, Pregnancy centers are important to you, too, and that you've helped support them. Do you have any questions for Kara while we have her on? No, I'm just thrilled that you're on to handle the questions with her. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, technology, you know, the Lord just all of a sudden, just when I needed it to work, it just all of a sudden started working. Um, Kara, there... You normally every year have a dinner or a, a tea type thing. And do you have anything like that coming up on the books? Any, any, we, um... we don't at this time. What we are planning is we have a golf outing coming up in September. So we have just received our okay to move forward with that. And um, that is going to include a dinner and speaker's. Um, afterwards. So if you don't want to golf, you don't like golfing, um, you can just come to the dinner portion of it. Um, that will all be live on our Facebook next week. So if you're interested in um, getting any tickets, you can visit our website or our Facebook page for more information on that next week. But that is coming up in September. Okay. And I don't golf, but uh, I do enjoy eating. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for the dinner. Uh, thank you so much for calling. And again, why don't you share that phone number again and then the website? Yes. So our phone number is 734-244-5123. And our website is salas.org, S-E-L-A-H-S.org. And I think Ed now has a comment or a question. Okay. So, uh, Kara, before you go, Pastor, we should pray for Sela, Kara, yes. her organization, and uh, and a blessing on them. Would you lead us, please? Sure, Heavenly Your Father, list. I I just thank you for for people like Kara and those who work with her at Sela Center House of Hope, and I just pray that you have your hand over that, protect the mothers that come there. Help all the volunteers to be able to help the mothers achieve what they need to achieve while they're there and to be able to fight against this level of poverty and go out and uh, raise their children with love. I just pray for a blessing on each person that's involved with Selah. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hey, Kara, we're going to keep you in touch. We'll speak to you throughout the year, see how things are going, and uh, we'll have you back. Sounds good. Thanks again. All right.
Do you have anything else? Are you still, if you're still there, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Thank you. All right. Have a blessed day. You um, too. So I've got Phil who uh, he, he must have adopted my problem because uh, he was doing good until I could hear, until my mic worked. And then all of a sudden uh, we had a hard time. Are you there yet, Phil? I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm hearing you. Yeah, oh, great, great. <laughs> and uh, be, I hope Kara is still in the earshot, but uh, the uh, Democrats allocated a whole lot of money to Planned Parenthood. I know yes, that uh, there are mixed feelings about the government issuing money to uh, organizations like CARES, but you know, it it would be nice if uh, some benefactor would drop a load of money like that because that money is around. So if any well, of them out there listening, uh, you know, how about sending some toward these these uh, these family unit uh, uh, and right to life organizations because well, uh, they could sure use it. Let me let me just uh, add on to the the story of Sailor House. This this was actually uh, inspired by something similar going on out in Arizona, where Kara had a chance to see how this worked, and and she worked with another organization in Monroe that was very much like Family Life Services, called I think Mercy House, where they would hand out the diapers and the formula and everything else. But then but then they had the mothers had nowhere to go, right? They're living in their car, or sometimes not even a car to live in. They're they're having family issues at home, and of course, when you have those kind of family issues, you you feel kind kind of uh, brought down on how am I going to raise this child? So, in this family maternity home type setting, as Kara was alluding to, they just don't throw them in a room and forget them. They help educate them, they train them on budgeting, they help them find jobs, they help them, uh, you know all the way through of everything that mother's going to need to be able to bring that child up. There's education involved. Yes, they provide products of diapers and wipes and stuff like that. And they can always use cleaning supplies for around the house. But it's about making the mother to be the best possible mother she can for the life of that child. And it's such a wonderful program. And I really recommend people, they're in Monroe, Sailor uh, Center Hope. Um, and uh, the money goes to mothers to help take care of them. Uh, the products, they get most of the products, like the cleaning supplies, donated to them. Uh, so it's not like people are making billions of dollars on this program. The money's for the mothers. Mm-hmm. So I, I do recommend that uh, people get involved with Sailor House because... To my knowledge, I can't think of, and I could be wrong, but I can't think of any other home quite like Sailor House. Can can either of you, where they just open up their home to to women who are in need to have a place to have their children? Not I me. can't. Yep. So, uh, and I have often heard people on the left, and I've said this to Kara, say, well, you're against abortion, but what are you willing to do to help the children? You never do anything to help the children or help the mothers, right? Um, Now, there are some churches throughout the country that have offered to adopt children. Um, And and even that is an emotional struggle for some mothers uh, to have to put their children up to adoption. Sailor House offers something beautiful. 
It offers them a chance to learn what it is to be a mother, to be safe off the street, to be safe not living in their car, and to help get them educated and uh, helps them become mobile. Like Kara was pointing out, there was one lady, she was able to get a loan on a car. She was able to pay off that car and uh, got a job. And hey, so folks, if you can help, uh, this isn't a telethon. I wanted you to find out that there are Christian organizations out there actually fighting to do something for the mothers. But uh, it takes money and they're not getting the money that Planned Parenthood, uh, <laughs> Planned Parenthood is getting to kill the children. They don't get that money. So they need you to help. Any other comments? Well, especially since uh, the money that the government does have for family planning and, and support, now a lot of it's being diverted to Planned Parenthood, which of course is going to you know, redirect it to abortions, wh whatever they say or not. I mean, it's just fungible money. Right. Yeah, they'll pay for other things that they were paying for before out of their own pocket and therefore then making that money available and open up for more abortions. Yeah, so, and, um, uh, actually uh, the government is breaking the you know, the, the law of the, the Hyde Amendment and, uh, and it seems to me that if they're going to break the Hyde Amendment, they ought to send some money to the people that are trying to save these in 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 the womb babies and out of the womb babies, you know this is uh this is uh, uh shows how uh, unequal it is when the government makes these kind of decisions. You know now I'm I'm seeing notes come up and I don't know if this is right. We've got Bruce uh on the phone with us, I think, or on on, on the line with us. Yeah, Bruce was going to be the resident expert today because this is right down his, his, uh, yeah. shop. So he was well, going to come on with me and be the, the, in uh, case I couldn't. Be. Yeah, <laughs> I got that. And, and I, I really enjoy seeing Bruce. I, there's very few people I enjoy talking to as much as I do Bruce with maybe the exception of, uh, well, Phil and well, I'll even throw Ed in there and well, just about anyone else, Bruce, actually, <laughs> but, <laughs> but welcome. I can't hear you, Bruce. Sorry about that. There we go. Wow. So, what if it was Skype today? I don't know. It uh, can't can't pick up Bruce. It's got to be Skype because mine mine normally works good, and then all of a sudden it just started working. Yeah. Hey, Bruce, you might want to call back and try to get reconnected. Um, you, oh, you, he's you, on mute. He's on mute. I can see. Oh, it. you're on mute. You're muted, Bruce. Oh Let's well, see if I can air. Yeah, yep. But there we go. There we go. I turned. I turned. I was. On, I was on mute. Okay. Oh, I I noticed that. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> mute. Yes, you, you're gonna have to teach Ed how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't. Need, Ed looks like he just swallowed a lemon at that remark. I'm calling me. I'm gonna go. So I'm I'm, I'm a little late to the. Uh, Late to the uh, the party here. Uh, uh, where where are we? Uh, uh, well, we just got off the phone with Kara uh, from Sailor House, which yeah. is a maternity home for young ladies uh, to go and have their children and yeah. getting that you know also help further their education on things like budgeting and 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 just yeah. 
childcare and things like that. Sure, it's, sure. Well, you know, uh, the real unsung heroes, I think, of the pro-life movement are the people like my sister in uh, Grand Blank who, who work at these uh, uh, crisis pregnancy centers and that, as well as these sidewalk counselors. Uh, they don't nearly get nearly enough credit for the work that they do. Um, you know, we have a uh, pregnancy aid facility over here, not too far from where I am. And, uh, and I've spoken with them a couple of times. Um, and really, they're, they're happy for any support, any and all support that we can give them. Uh, you know, monetary support especially. Of course, you know, you've also got... Hey, the- hey we got a break, Bruce. We got a break. Yeah. We got a hard break coming up. We'll be back after these messages. Okay, no problem. More with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The United States Football League will be returning to action next year. Fox Sports Chief Executive Officer Eric Shanks says the USFL relaunch is a landmark day for football fans. The organization's first tenure lasted from 1983 to 1985. 23 different teams competed, including the Michigan Panthers, who won the inaugural championship by a score of 24-22 over the Philadelphia Stars. Panthers wide receiver Anthony Carter, who was a three-time All-American performer at the University of Michigan between 1979 and 1982, caught a 48-yard touchdown pass, and finished with 179 receiving yards in the title game. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Hey, thanks a lot. Derek, I got a question for you. Since they're bringing back the USFL, are, is the Michigan Panthers coming back? Do we that, know? That has not been announced as of yet. The teams have not been announced, but as far as I know, the USFL still holds rights to the previous team names, so it's a very strong possibility. Very good. Hey, folks, we're talking about some of these pregnancy centers, life pregnancy centers, and we just got off the phone uh, before the break with Kara Dollar from um, Sailor Center of Hope uh, mm-hmm. and their Hope House, which is a maternity house. And, and I, I made a statement. I want to clarify something. I mentioned the other pregnancy centers that can hand out diapers and stuff like Sela does, except sure. that they don't have the maternity house and therefore they, they really can't, they just got to send them out back into the world. I am not trying to denigrate these. These are very important services because without that, even, even places like family life services and stuff, if they don't have the help, they, they, they provide a necessary service to these young ladies. They get them, uh, formula and diapers and wipes and baby products that the mothers could not afford on their own. So I don't want to denigrate. Matter of fact, Sailor House works with a number of these pregnancy centers and takes in some of the mothers for them. So find out the pregnancy center in your neighborhood and help them out. They need it. Uh, Hey, if we're going to fight abortion, we have got to be able to provide these young mothers with, uh, with an alternative answer, and, you know, it's pretty bad that we have to say that giving birth to a child is an alternative answer, but it has yeah. become one, you know. And uh, so joining us in this conversation today is my my co-host, Phil Stargell, who is sitting back sporting a 
pair of shades looking way too much like Ray Stevens. And Ed Bondarenka, who's, well, wearing glasses, but looks absolutely nothing like Ray Stevens. And, <laughs> and, and Bruce, Fleury, Bruce Fleury. Man, I'm going to spit this out. Uh, how you doing, Bruce? You were just talking about your sister actually works yeah. for one of these centers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does. She does. Uh, she's uh, with Right to Life Michigan. Um, you know, she's uh, she's constantly um, involving herself in this in this issue, and uh, uh, that that gives uh, I think that's that's a, that's a great credit to her strong Catholic upbringing. Um, you know, we uh, we're all raised Catholic uh, to to respect life and uh, especially unborn life, which is the most defenseless and most vulnerable, and therefore is in the greatest need of protection. And, uh, you know, this, this whole, this whole narrative of, you know, uh, this stuff just goes back. It's to me, it's another, it's just an extension of the old eugenics issue, you know? Yep. And, uh, and the way that the other side has put it and they put it, uh, they put it in, in benign, uh, sounding flowery language, like, uh, better health child spacing, family planning, and that type of thing. And they, unfortunately, have been able to control the narrative for a good long time. Uh, nobody should feel ashamed of standing for life. Um, nobody. And nobody, You're right. Yeah. And, and we, these, these, these folks that are working, not just at the crisis pregnancy centers like my sister is doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, Barb listening with Right to Life and all those great folks, but you pass by these clinics, clinic, you know, put in quotation marks, basically what they are is slaughterhouses, right? And, and they're trying to not uh, be overbearing, but to just talk to these women that were abortion-minded, um, you know, uh, and and just let them know that there's another there's another path that they can follow, and that you know, they will not be condemned uh, because because God does love us all. Even let me yeah, let me add on to this. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, Phil, you are part of this. We had a, a Planned Parenthood not too far from us in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yeah, and. Uh, we had a big, a big uh, prayer, and uh, they were closed. But uh, we had a lot of people show up to just go out on public property in front of Planned Parenthood. And uh, Reverend Ewell was there. Phil, you were there, I believe, and yeah. uh, my wife was there. And we we prayed, and we prayed hard, and we sang hymns to the Lord. And then Reverend Ewell. Uh, He's seen a sign on the door that was taped in the window, and we couldn't quite read it. So he says, what does that sign say? Uh, and I says, well, well, Reverend, you know, I can't read it from here. He says, well, we better find out what that says. It might be important. So as we walked up to read the sign on the front door, we prayed. <laughs> and um, we got up there, and it gave the hours, and we prayed that uh, they would never open those doors again. Mm -hmm. And uh, shortly thereafter... Guess what? Planned Parenthood pulled out of Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And uh, now what used to be a slaughterhouse, when you read the lettering above the door, it says Family Life Services. Yeah. And uh, what great. I found interesting is they marketed that very well. They made the lettering of Family Life Services look 
very similar to the lettering that was up there under Planned Parenthood. So these young ladies who've been on their third or fourth abortion would just think it's the same thing, would walk in, and they would get an alternative to, to, um, to an abortion. And right. uh, they're doing great work out there. So yeah. prayer helps, folks. Oh, it, um, it sure does. And the second thing I want to say is this, and now I'm saying this, folks, as a Protestant pastor, and I'm calling out, everyone knows that uh, there's theological views between, differences between the Protestants and the Catholics, and uh, and a lot of times we get caught up in that minutia, but I want to say this to my Protestant brothers. I don't see any Protestant church standing up quite like the Catholic church does for fighting for life. Yeah. Yeah. And to my Protestant brothers, we need to be ashamed about that. We do. We need to be now, uh, like the Acts, the Acts Church that was out helping us sail it this morning. They're a wonderful church, and there are Protestant churches out there helping. But I think we need to uh, get the larger Protestant churches that are so caught up with the ideas. We don't want to get involved with abortion because that's too political. Nah, it's about life. It's about the soul. Yeah. And... Uh, Stop the murder of the children and stop being too afraid to become political and um, stand up for life. Mm -hmm. So that's my challenge to my Protestant brothers out there. Stand up for life. And on that, we can learn and take take a lesson from how well the Catholic Church does on that matter. Yeah. Well, I look at the Catholic Church today and who's leading it, this, uh, this disgrace of an excuse for a pope, but... At least he's on the life issue. He's uh, he is still standing firm. Um, you know, I can't help but uh, remember what the Reverend Johnny Hunter from the Life Education and Resource Network down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, whom I interviewed for my book, what he said on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court on uh, uh, Columbus Day. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think exactly when it was, but it was several years ago. And he stood up and he said, "There is no." There is no, uh, there are no human rights without a right to life. And I always, and, and I put it another way, life issues, it's not a single issue, it's the only issue. Because when you think about it, guys, there is no life without, without, without life, there's no liberty, there's no pursuit of happiness, there's no First Amendment, there's no Second Amendment, there's no, no constitutional rights, there's no nothing. And you can... Here, yeah. let me put this out. This is something the Democrats need to think about. Mm -hmm. If they if they outlawed abortions, imagine the voting block that they would be creating mm -hmm. with all the new people <laughs> coming right. into the world. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Pastor Rick, uh, it's it's just come out now that the uh, that our uh, replacement level fertility rate continues to decline. And it's now down to less than two uh, live births per female, and it's almost uh, it's almost giving the uh, the, the uh, fertility rate in Europe a run for its money. Uh, there are countries over there where where there's barely one live birth per female, and we know that in the black community here, with the all the uh, uh, with the inordinate number of abortions, with all the other things that uh, black Americans have to put up with that uh, that wind up uh, killing so many of them. The replacement level is less is less than one live birth per female, and there is no society that has ever recovered from that low of a birth rate. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. Replacement level, none well, at all. Say, that's the extinction rate. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Exactly. And Reverend Walter Hoy has he did the math. Okay, that all you got to do is look at census figures from uh, from the first census after Roe versus Wade. The black population has been declining. Okay, if it, if if it, if there had been hadn't been these uh, even half the abortions, you would have half a million black Americans living who otherwise, you know, would have died on if, uh, in, in, in that, that situation. So what we're looking at here is the the way it's going right now. This does not stop. And he's right. Uh, Reverend Hoy is right. He's done this. He's done the math. He says that if this doesn't stop, if we don't turn it around, the black demographic will, for all intents and purposes, be extinct by the turn of the 22nd century. Right. And, and people that think that it can't happen to other demographic groups are dead wrong. Hey, you got something you want to add into this, Phil? Yeah. I, if the numbers in the black uh, demographic com- comparable to genocide, yep. there's, there's, if, I think this word needs to be applied to the abortion rate. Mm-hmm. And I've been been advocating for that for a while because... Uh, if this uh, uh, rate ha- hasn't just begun, this it's been high all along, and it's uh, five times more susceptible to for black women to have an abortion than it is any other group. It sure is, and that you know, is it, genocide in my estimation. And I think we need to start applying that term because that, that was- I can tell you this. If we don't apply it to the Democrats, when it becomes a reality, they will apply, reply, uh, apply it to the Republicans to say they're responsible for it. Yeah. You know, what What I find interesting is those on the ex, on the extreme left of the Democrat Party had have really stopped in a lot of ways trying to draw in the the black vote. Yeah. They, they've, they've started turning their interest more to other uh, now that the black vote, the the population, the black population is getting lower and lower and lower, and they, you know, you're seeing a more percentage rate going into a conservative camp, um, and because they're killing off the black society, they're going towards groups that actually do not really tout the uh, the abortion, such as the Hispanics. Most of them are Roman Catholic. To just make a blatant statement there, who who stand against abortion, but they're a larger voting block coming in. Yeah. So they, I, they, they, they've been able to pull off Margaret Sanger's wildest dream. They, yeah. they, they, they've made the black race in this country insignificant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's becoming even more so because of abortion. Well, uh, Pastor Rick, uh, right now, the conversation is kind of centered around these surgical abortions, you know, the ones that are performed at these Planned Parenthood facilities. Mm-hmm. But uh, the really un, uh, unreported, underreported story is the number of chemical abortions that have been taken have taken place in this country since 1965. Uh, mm-hmm. 610 million of them between 1965 and 2009, which works out to roughly 14 million chemical abortions per year over that over that uh, that that time frame over that that span, which dwarfs the surgical uh, procedure rate. Right. It reminded me of the uh, you know reading my you know, my reading of the book Brave New World, where everything was uh, 
you pop a pill and boom, this goes away. You pop a pill and boom, that one goes away. Get, right. Have that, that soma, you know, that type of thing. Well, we, we not only have the, the the abortion drug, the morning after drug, and saline yeah. abortions and things like that. And um, now I I do I don't stand as strongly against, and and I'm going to clarify this after I make the statement. As a Protestant, I don't stand as strongly against um, uh, birth control as the Roman Catholics do. But folks, you better you better research your birth control because the the pill. Yeah, is an abortifacient drug. Yeah. Uh, whether you realize it or not, it is. Uh, if if for some reason you did get pregnant, you stay on the pill, it, it will cause an abortion. So, if you're going to find find a birth control, find one that is not abortifacient. It is not causing an actual abortion. So, how about how about three words? Just say no. <laughs> hey, that, that that that's a really neat one. <laughs> or, or later. Well, Right. The best one I heard was uh, aspirin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aspirin. aspirin between the knees. Between the knees. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and the thing is, there, there's there's another uh, negative effect of these uh, of, of these uh, these these uh, uh, birth control pills. When they get dumped in the water, they they have been known to adversely affect the. Uh, the uh, the sex of the of the fish that are swimming around in the water, you know, you know. So, yeah. but it, it's wait a minute. Are like, you saying the fish get gender confused? <laughs> yes, that's what he's saying. All of a sudden, well, the fish thinks telling, it's a trout. Phil, Phil was telling me about uh, uh, was it an experiment, Phil, that you were talking to me about, where you where you uh, showered female female hormones on uh, on pregnant uh, dogs or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Lesser uh, animals in the in the food chain, and and uh, you can if you put um, female estrogen uh, hormones at a certain point, then all of the eggs will uh, 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 produce female female. Yeah, and similar to uh, happens with uh, with the male hormone, but at a different stage. Right, and right. so I've always wondered. Uh, if if that was you know they've never been able to determine the cause of homosexuality whether or not it was in fact a a real disease or what mm -hmm. and uh, because you can't tell it in the womb and you can't tell it after death you know so uh, but uh, but obviously it's a it's a uh, effect that the hormones have at certain stages of pregnancy. Yeah. Hey, uh, Pastor Rick, you mentioned uh, uh, Brother Lee uh, being out at the, uh, the clinic with you folks, with the, the, the slaughterhouse with, with you guys. Um, yeah. I had the honor of witnessing him firsthand, uh, firsthand witnessing him changing a woman's mind over here on this side of town. There are two abortion mills on East Eight Mile Road. Once in Detroit, and once in uh, East East Point, and the one in East Point uh, called itself the East Side Women's Health Center. You know how's that? For, how's that for a euphemism, right? Yeah. And uh, Lee had uh, come out, and because uh, I told him uh, before one of the Joshua's Trail programs that I had had passed by here, and he made it a point of driving all the way out from Ferndale over to over to. Uh, to East Point to minister to these women and to stand with these great folks that were out there 
standing for life. And he actually got a woman to change her mind. And that was the first, my first save, so to speak. And I was, I was, it's, it's kind of hard to describe that type of experience, you know, uh, unless you've actually uh, been a witness to it. Right. There is, uh, I've had, I've had the opportunity to counsel with some young parents and uh, where they had, surprisingly enough, they were considering, they were Christian and they were considering and I want people to listen hear hear this very closely. They were considering abortion because things just weren't right. It was going to be hard yeah. on the family, mm-hmm. and uh, and and the more I did research, I found out the biggest block of those getting abortions are those who fall in the camps of calling themselves Christian, which is mind blowing to me as a pastor. It absolutely yeah. is mind blowing until you understand the fact that there's a lot of pastors that are not speaking of abortion from the pulpit no. and the importance of life. And so, and then, then all of a sudden those numbers become more, more realistic. But th- this was in one case was a young couple that really did know better, except he had just, they found out she was pregnant. He just lost his job. He didn't know what to do. He started to panic. And, um, uh, they they came and they says we're we're considering this. What yeah. would that what would that do? Um, as far as uh, us being Christians, yeah. <laughs> and I said well, I said we, to her, I said to lot, we've got a lot of uh, preachers like uh, the preacher from Georgia. Was it Warnock or something? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Raphael Warnock, now the senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What now is senator. Called? This this man is 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 actively pro-choice, and he and he and he well, preaches it. And this is uh this is the a person leading the flock in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. Well, my 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 conversation with this young man was, you know what the answer is, just just what do you call it when you take the life of an innocent? What is that called? Morally, ethically, theologically, no matter what you want to say, when you take the life of an innocent, what do you call that? He's, you know? All right. Let's see. Go ahead, Ed. What's it, what's it called? Could it be murder? Yeah. And he came up with the same answer. I said, all right, there you have it. Um, when you take the life of an innocent, out of your mouth, I, I called the young man by his name. I said, you call it murder. And I looked at uh, the mother-to-be, and I says, what do you call it? She says, something I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. And right there, they changed changed their mind and said, this is no longer on the table. We'll just pray that the Lord provide. And you know what? That young man, two days later, a job that he was turned down, they called him back up and said, hey, listen, we really looked at your, uh, at your paperwork and everything else, and we shouldn't have overlooked you. And uh, they hired him. Phil, you got something there? You're, you're waving your hands yeah, at me. Yeah, we, we make a big deal out of equal justice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, nobody speaks for that unborn child in that womb. And, uh, and this is uh, this is why it, it should be a pox on the Supreme Court because they yeah. are the ones that have uh, made this situation like we've got it to be with, uh, with people telling you that it's a right, a constitutional right mm-hmm. to, to take the life of that unborn child. You know, it's coming up. I'm going to have to do this again. About once a year, I talk on the show about the morals and ethics of abortion. 
And uh, is it morally or ethically, without bringing religion into it, is it morally or ethically wrong to have an abortion? And I think that's a conversation we're going to have in, in the next few weeks coming up. Uh, okay, because uh, we, we, we're talking about the evils of abortion here in this murder. But uh, we, I'm also speaking to this as a, as a pastor. And I speak to a lot of people saying, well, why should I listen to you? You're trying to shove your religion down my throat. So I like to have a, a moral and ethical conversation about, about abortion and why it's morally and ethically wrong, even if you don't bring faith or religion into it. And, and you can. You can have that conversation. And, and what you find out is those who support abortion, if they actually look at it from a morally and ethical point of view, um, it's wrong. If you take religion right out of it, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. And so we'll be having that conversation coming up in the next week or two. Uh, so stand by for it. And if you if you want to discuss um, why it's only religion that makes it right or wrong, you'll be wrong. I hear some music in the background. That means our show is finished for today. And we'll be back next week on A Moment of Clarity. Join us then. Listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio, 